All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Marlo's Conversations with Friends. Marlo Boyle here of Cultivate You. And I am joined today by a friend I really, really, really admire and like a lot and have lots of laughs with, and not to mention a boatload of really great food from, because that's what we're talking about today. And I actually, I just, I just really adore this person. And her name is Heather Beam, and she is going to be helping me go through the conversation, the banter around food part two. And uh, this approach, this conversation today, I wanted to really focus more around meals that we create on a daily basis. Like how do we just get through breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week? A lot of people out there listening whether you have a family or not, whether you have a crazy job or multiple jobs, whatever it is, food can be stressful for people, food preparation, I should say. Um, and I've certainly experienced plenty of my own stress around food in my life. Um, so Heather is going to help me navigate through some of that today because she is beyond an expert in my mind around food um, and tastes and all of that stuff. So welcome, Heather. We're going to have a fabulous time today. Thank, Thank you. you. And with that introduction, I'm feeling a lot of pressure to be inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> you should have left out a few of the reallys. <laughs> She's really, 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 really good. I'm just really... medium. Just medium good. <laughs> No, I think you're great. Okay. Don't underestimate yourself. All right. All right. Let's talk about food. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about it. Okay. So as I was putting my thoughts together about this, I was like, oh, Heather's going to really like this first thought that I have around it. And again, the reason why I kind of came to this topic, and I know you thought, why am I, why did I pick you? Because you are good with food, um, because you are uh, literally the owner of a restaurant down the street. You've been in the food industry for a million years, but you have really good combinations inspiration around food you love food as much as I love food mm -hmm. and and the way you put food together even if it's for the restaurant doesn't matter to me I know you think that way outside the restaurant yes. um so my first thought around it was uh, to start our banter is how do you approach food and meals when you're moving through each day through each week and and we don't have to I'd rather keep it to what you think about in your personal space, because I know in the restaurant, you have a separate set of expectations that you're trying to put sure. together. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, so because you lead a stressful life, I know you do. True. And so, and you have kids and, uh, I do. They, they pretty much know how to make their own food right now, but one yeah. of them's off at college and one of them's pretty much on zoom meetings or video games most of the time upstairs but so uh, they've gotten to that point in their life so that's good exactly but I mean it's just in general how do you how have you even in the past how have you approached food as you go through your day through and thinking about meals right so I would say as my kids have gotten older since you brought up kids mm -hmm. it's definitely opened up my freedom to be a little bit more adventurous with my cooking at home. Mm -hmm. I'm a big foodie, as you mentioned, not only professionally, but in my personal life, I've always loved food. I love getting creative with food. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty uh, willing to take anything on that's not too fussy. Like mm -hmm. I've never 
made sushi at home. Like to right. me, that's like, that stresses me out thinking about not being successful with making that kind of thing work. But otherwise I'm like, let's try and make Indian tonight. Let's try and let's not order Chinese. Let's try and make something Chinese, mm-hmm. you know, let's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess as far as like, how do you navigate, how do I navigate food? I'm a pretty impromptu kind of mm-hmm. cook mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. own home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't plan too far ahead for things. Um, and I just kind of like, feel the mood of the day like what am I in the mood for today do we want something you know just simple like do I want something spicy for dinner tonight Mm -hmm. let's have something spicy and then I start thinking about you know what uh, cuisine I want to make spicy do we want to do Indian spicy do we want to do Italian spicy Mm -hmm. you know kind of really just let my mood guide me for the day maybe what I had you know, last night for dinner helps dictate what I'm going to have that day for dinner. But I think part of the, the ability to do that for people who are not like adventurous or confident cooks in their mm-hmm. own home would be to make sure that you have a, you know, a well-stocked fridge and pantry mm-hmm. so that you can get creative and not be like, no, I got to run to the store every single time I need to make a meal. Right. Well, so that would be, well, before, cause that, what you just said, well, first of all, I'm going to go back to your sushi. So you mean you don't want to sit there and painstakingly roll out, like measure the rice and make sure it's even and flat and lay everything. I don't, slice everything. <laughs> I don't want to. Because it. I want to. I mean, that's what I strive for every day when I... <laughs> not. I do not want to do things that. like make homemade pasta or, I mean, sure, <laughs> it's fun for some people. But for me, and I, I understand, I see people do it on t- cooking shows and I'm like, Oh, look at how enjoyable that looks, but I wouldn't take it on myself Uh, just because there's such great fresh pasta out there for me Mm -hmm. that just adds a little bit of a stress level and I don't want cooking to be stressful for me. I want it to be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm sure you haven't gathered that from me over the years that we've known each other. I've I've noticed that, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you worry about perfect raviolis. I'm not making any, don't worry. I don't even have enough counter space. You know, our kitchen is like the size of a bathroom. I mean, maybe it's a little bit bigger than that. It does make it a little harder. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a large island so I have no excuse for not making homemade bread or pasta other than my own personal sanity. So, right. That's yeah, okay. Not do that. <laughs> That's okay. Do you eat three meals a day roughly? Yes. I would say, well, yes. In general. I mean, I'm, in general. A, bit of a, I'm a bit of a snacker. I went through the whole thing of like, and who knows, they may go back there again, doing the, um, you know, skip breakfast, the 12 mm-hmm. hour fasting, like yeah. from eight to, you know, noon or something, trying not to eat. Right. And once I got accustomed to that, I actually did pretty well with it. And, mm-hmm. and I liked it. And it kind of just gave me, if anyone's worried about weight gain or calories or that kind yeah. of stuff yeah. that unfortunately in my fifties, I have to worry about a little bit more. Right. Um, it was nice. Cause I had like a lot more calories to spend on, you know, yeah. <laughs> lunch cool. and dinner. And it wasn't too hard to just have coffee in the morning. So, um, but yeah, so f- I'm pretty, ca- mostly my cooking, cooking that I do at home, my creative cooking is dinner focused for mm-hmm. sure. Like lunch, I'm more of a, you know, grab whatever I had left over from last night or one thing I've been into is making these um breakfast frittatas uh-huh. so that I can have kind of like a high protein meal in the morning I'm less likely to if I do get hungry grab a bagel yeah so I'll just get a lot of organic eggs and when they're on sale I buy lots of extras we burn through eggs like crazy mm-hmm. but just using um vegetables that I have left over or meat that I have left over if we had you know 
something with sausage in it the day before, I'll add that with some chopped up potatoes and some spinach or, you know, kind of just use what I have in the house to, to make like a yummy breakfast frittata that I cut up into squares and then it's in my fridge for the next three days. Mm -hmm. So you have no problem with leftovers, clearly, like I don't. I love eating them, but some I, people really have issues with them. I know. Yeah. I never understood that. Like, yeah. I was raised by two, my parents, I'm the youngest of 11 kids, so my parents grew up during the Depression. Mm -hmm. uh, we did not throw away leftovers. Right. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no. Leftovers. But you know what? Why wouldn't you? Like, if you had a roasted chicken, right. you know, turn it into chicken tacos the next day. Exactly. You know, right. And I'm always, you know, if we go out I, I, for a long time, well, up until a few years ago, my office, I had two different offices. So I, I'm on a different path right now. Yeah. So I made my lunch every day. And so if we went out the night before, if I made something, you know, whatever the meal was the night before mm -hmm. that I made, I would just make my lunch the night before and I'd never put it in the fridge because I can't, I don't like cold food and I didn't want to because of the space that I had to share my office, I was like, I don't want to use the microwave. It looks like a hot mess. So I'm just going to eat at room yeah. temperature. That's just me. Right. So yeah. half my food that I would bring with me never went in the fridge. I'm, I'm not saying to anyone who's listening to this, <laughs> please follow this because there's. I was going to say, please follow the guidelines. Please so. follow the guidelines. Don't don't Who listen to that. But the... When held at 37 degrees lower. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I blow that all the time. <laughs> But okay, so like for me, all right, so if we were my, my, this is good, it'll lead us into what then when you think about essential components, because you, you've stated, and yeah. I fully believe that, mm -hmm. you know, using what you have in your fridge and get creative with it, but a lot of people can't yeah. see that. But if we were to say, what are some essential components when we're pulling together meals? So if we look at, I mean, for me, breakfast, I don't, I stop eating around seven o'clock. So my, the intermittent fasting thing, I am fasting for probably 12 hours. Cause I don't eat, I don't need to eat breakfast until I can go probably till 10 o'clock yeah. without thinking about it. Right. And I don't even have coffee until then either. Cause I can't have caffeine, but uh, most people now when I, and that changed a lot because my stress in my life changed. So I have, and I have low blood sugar. My mom is diabetic. So I have a different issue going on that I keep in tune with. Right. Um, and for the longest time, most of my adult life, eating, have, having to eat meals, certain amount of meals a day stressed me out more than anything was the fact that I had to eat at specific times. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what drove me nuts. And that's why you know I always- what stresses had... me out? What? I can't stop eating all oh. <laughs> Now, is it wrong to have five meals a day? Is that going to be a problem for someone else? It's not a problem for me. No, five small meals a day is okay, but... I say small meals, Marlo. I say <laughs> meals. Meals, okay. Of course, meals. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's break down the three basic meals. Like for breakfast, for me, I can get by and enjoy. Uh, I can do smoothies, but they have to be... Um, like I'll put spinach and some kind of either kefir or yogurt or milk or something in there. I've moved away from protein powders, but then I put in some fi other fiber stuffs and like a banana or berries. And then that's it. I just like, I used to put sludge. I mean, it used to look like sludge by the time I got done with it, with all the shit I put in it, but I've gotten away from that. Right. But I can't, I'm not the kind of person who can sit down and have like 
an egg sandwich for breakfast or I used to try, I used to be able to eat a bowl of oatmeal or something like that. And it doesn't, it's not that I'm not looking for right or wrong. I'm looking more about ideas for people. What are easy things? So a smoothie is great. And I'll just say this, when you have a smoothie, this is me, the certified holistic health and nutrition counselor, coach speaking. We talk about chewing your food. So if you're going to have smoothies, you should actually chew it because you stimulate the digestive enzymes in your mouth to trigger your stomach to say, hi, we're feeding you. We're not just drinking liquid. And then that turns on the whole process of digestion better and more effectively. Just now I'd rather thing. eat those things than drink them for me. So like, yeah, a, right. So like a frittata, which is great. I don't really, yeah. I don't really, I've never been a smoothie person. My daughter loves smoothies. When she went away to college, she mm -hmm. bought her one of those bullet things. Yeah. Um, and she happens to be vegan also. So maybe that's part of the reason she loves mm -hmm. it so much. It's like it's very filling and it feels super nutritious and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I love to eat. And to me, like I've never been a person where a drink satisfies me, even if it's incredibly nutritious. Mm -hmm. I'd rather make a big salad of spinach salad because I eat non, you know, I eat non breakfast items for breakfast most of the time. Right. Because you know what it, it's breakfast like you think about it it's really just when you break your fast so exactly you know it doesn't matter that it's 8 a.m or 10 a.m or sometimes you know i might have my first meal at noon if i'm being good with my you know giving my right. body a break to rest between meals so i'd much rather just take a big bowl of baby spinach and throw blueberries on it and mm -hmm. do a lemon vinaigrette and personally i would add an egg because i just yeah. love things i love yeah. of eggs and that's great. And that's, and that's what I like. That's what I'm looking for is, you know, cause so many people I think get in this rut yes. of what do I eat for breakfast? And I, I should just, yeah. And I'm not a fan of, and that's why I said with my smoothie, I, I got away from protein powder. I'd rather, um, I put like a boatload of spinach in there right. and then I'd rather have a kefir yeah. or yogurt, some kind of, yeah. Uh, right. Well, in there. I, there's your protein, you know, Right. Uh, I use ground flaxseed because it's uh, easier on my system yeah. or chia seeds or whatever. And then I just right. throw in a specific fruit. Right. But keeping in mind, you don't want something super sugary when you're doing it, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to look like sludge like I used to make. I mean, right. I could caulk the walls with it at one point. Right. Uh, but then there's my other, it is a favorite of mine, having a bowl of oatmeal. I do really love oatmeal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the things that we can put in there, again, what's available in your cabinet from right. you can make it savory and you can right. actually it doesn't have to be oatmeal you can use quinoa right. or um bulgur or farro any yeah. of those grains and yeah i think breaking out of a rut if you're kind of if that's kind of like a question or something you're yeah. kind of approaching in this um podcast is really breaking out of the rut it's really just letting go of those kind of ideas that these are the things we eat for breakfast. These are the things we eat for lunch. And this is what we eat for dinner. And really just allowing yourself to eat what sounds good and makes you feel nourished. Like I love protein in the morning. So it's mm -hmm. like, if I had chicken the night before, I will, you know, take that spinach or kale or whatever you have in there and just saute it up with some of the chicken. And, you know, I don't know, for some people, they wake up in the morning and that doesn't sound appealing to them. You just have to kind of trust what you know makes you feel good try it a couple of times and and try and eat those things for breakfast and for me it leaves me feeling um satisfied a much longer time than kind of typical breakfast food so you know i can eat i can go till 3 30 without eating something else again because i feel satisfied i've had a nice you know 
protein, nutritious meal in the morning. Right. And it allows to, me to get through with lots of energy to, till I can have my next meal, you know? Yeah. Quiche is one of those things that yeah. I think people, oh, I know people like it, but I think they overlook it and don't necessarily think of it as something for breakfast like maybe seeing it as a lunch or dinner because most of them are savory but it's eggs and yeah and and i like the frittatas because for people who are anti-crust or or who have yes who have gluten issues exactly then making the frittata you don't have to worry about that and you can pile on and and it becomes more of a because you can make it in a sheet pan versus just a that's exactly what I do. And then I cut it into squares and then I can grab it at any time and you know, it's nutritious and you know, it's filled with the things you want it to be. And you're much less likely to do is grab something that's also quick, but not as good for you, you know? Right, right, right. Um, you were saying something, basically you had asked me, started to ask me before, like, what do I think are the staples that, you mm-hmm. know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. in your home. But I mean, for me, I will say every time I'm at the store, I try to grab um, citrus, I, I like to have especially lemons around because mm. it just brightens anything, makes everything t- taste delicious, you know, from green beans to chicken to pasta with grated lemon zest. And I always use the, if I'm going to put fruit in anything, I always zest that fruit first. Regardless Why lemon of- versus lime? I just feel like lemon kind of uh, complements more items. I, I grab lemons and limes, but I tend to use lemons more often in more different cuisines. So if I'm doing something Asian or Indian or Mexican, I use lime a lot. Okay. okay. But like the lemon just kind of seems to go with everything and it's, you know, but, you know, so the citrus, I would say, I mm-hmm. things I have in my pantry, always every version of canned tomato you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, and I try to do the organic tomatoes whenever possible. And they're really not that much more expensive, but tomatoes are one of those items. You kind of want to try to stick to the organic. So I have organic chopped tomatoes. I have whole tomatoes. I have Mm -hmm. tomato sauce. I have, um, you know, the, that in the pantry tomatoes, I always have coconut milk and coconut Mm. cream in case I kind of want to go the Asian route. And I always have like chicken broth, chicken stock and that it's like amazing with those things what you can make. <laughs> I have a really soup, funny story soup, about uh, coconut milk. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Like you can do anything, but I have a very anything. funny story with yeah. coconut milk. It's, is not pretty. The recipe called for, it was an asparagus. Um, the heck was it? It was an asparagus pea pasta, uh, creamy pasta, but you could and instead of the cup and a half of cream, whatever right. they were called, dairy, you could substitute it with coconut milk. This is what Steven says to me. Okay, great. So I'm putting it together and I substituted a couple of other things, not major, but just like I didn't have red onions. So I put a bunch of shallots in because that's what I had and I right. don't want to waste them. So I'm cooking this thing and I'm like, huh, it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting smell. It's an int- <laughs> and I love coconut milk. I mean, I use it. It wasn't that. I was just yeah. like, this doesn't really seem like this is going to turn out the way it's supposed to. And so I put it all in and I serve it and we're sitting there eating. And I was like, what do you think of it? And he's like, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real interesting. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that went south. What was it? Uh, I, it was, it was supposed to be this creamy asparagus pea pasta oh I thought you you used something that wasn't actually coconut milk like no I actually used coconut milk instead of the cream that it asked for oh and it was not ideal 
Yeah. It was it, so overwhelming. Yeah. Coconut can definitely be too coconutty. And yeah. especially, you know what I mean? If you use a lot of it, it can get too sweet and it just mm -hmm. kind of, it fights with the other ingredients. Um, one of the things that people are trying to do less dairy that I love to do is make my own homemade cashew cream. Mm. I don't know if you've ever done that, but literally just buy raw cashews, mm -hmm. let them soak in water overnight, dump out the water you soaked them in, and then throw them in a blender with fresh water mm -hmm. and just whiz it up until it, it is like heavy cream mm. and it doesn't have that coconutty profile. And I put it in my coffee. I make oh, really cream of tomato soup with it, um, cauliflower soup, cream of cauliflower soup. And it's so good and it's full of protein. Sure. It's literally just raw cashews and water. If you want yeah. if your coffee, you throw one date in there and it gives it that sweet creaminess of heavy cream. But really? that's you put it in a big mason jar in your fridge and you can use it in everything like heavy cream. It's And it doesn't change, like it doesn't fight with Italian ingredients or whatever. It's not, right. you know. So oh, I, I like that, that too. But, I like um, that. Okay, so we've got, uh, what other essentials do you keep? So I would say really yummy jars of things that are all the work has been put into them already. So when you're not feeling like you have a lot of time or you have some kind of boring ingredients in your fridge, like broccoli and some chicken, and that happens to be what you have in your sick of broccoli and chicken. Um, one of the places I, I've just you know, not a pitch for Trader Joe's because I'm sure every store has stuff like this, mm -hmm. but Trader Joe's, like their little jars of things, like they're, they have this, an Italian, um, it's called Bamba sauce mm -hmm. and it's so good. And you put it in anything and it feels like you've been working on it all day. They have like <laughs> a onion crunch. If mm -hmm. you saute, if you have rapini mm -hmm. and you saute, you know, steam them up a little bit and then finish them by sauteing them with some of this onion, this tomato onion, red chili flake crunch. Uh -huh. It is so good. It tastes, you know, and then I'd squeeze a little lemon on there. It, it literally tastes like it's from a restaurant and you wow. don't, you know, they have a tapenade in a jar and these huh. things forever in your fridge. So literally I had to buy an extra shelf for my fridge door. I found it on eBay. <laughs> I did because I have so many jars of this stuff wow. because when you want to have a quick meal, but you want yeah. it to be delicious and not boring, yeah, they've already put so much work into these yummy sauces and it just takes any plain vegetable or any plain chicken over the top. Like, you know, I have to do better at that. I, I have a lot of, I, I guess I pick a lot of dressings to do that. Yeah. Uh, I look at dressings for that, but similar, but I think what you're speaking to has even a higher flavor profile than what a dressing yeah, and it's generally got, does. And it's got, um, it's not just about marinating or sauce. It's actually got texture, like they're tapenade. Mm -hmm. If I have some salmon that I, you know, have left over from having someone over the night before or something like that, salmon, and then this jar of tapenade, throw it on there, throw some veggies, spinach under it. I mean, it's delicious. It's, it tastes like you've been cooking all day, you know, so Okay, I'm going to change the dinner that I'm having tomorrow night with some friends and yeah. I'm just going to go save myself some time. It's, honestly, it's such a great cheat. And just, I always, it's like whenever they have something new, it's like, oh, let me try that. And I can tell you almost every single time I've loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it is such a great cheat either for yourself or if you're having friends over. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, yeah, that would be the difference between me and a good friend of mine who lives for very complicated recipes yeah. enjoys you know the labor the process whereas i go 
I can respect that. I prefer a recipe profile that's a little on the lighter side that I can look at it and go, mm, I don't like that ingredient. I'm going to put this in here or I want yeah. more of that right. where I have more leeway because uh, I just make shit up as I go sometimes. Which yeah, for sure. I mean, that's I, that's the way to do that. And for people who say, I have a couple of friends who say, you know, like, I'm just not a good cook. I'm just not a good cook. It's like anything. They've convinced themselves, some of themselves. Yeah. Now they have no confidence in the kitchen to just, it's like overwhelming or intimidating where it's just like, it's just food. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook. Right. Uh, and I have made some things that didn't turn out great, you know, right. Right. where I'll be like, Huh, not my best work. <laughs> right. Seriously. We can eat it. <laughs> I won't be repeating it, but um, but you gotta just get in there and try it. And that's that's how you learn like what things taste good together, what you know, what, yeah. what is successful, what you know, it's like just keep tasting as you're cooking. Oh, what would be better about this? You know, and I always think about those main flavor profiles when I'm cooking. And now it's just I've cooked for so long that it kind of comes naturally to me, but like, does it need salt? Does it need heat? Does it need acid? Does it need sour? Does it need fat? You know, right. those are the kind of the five things that I taste where you want balance. Something shouldn't be too acidic or mm -hmm. too spicy or too fatty. When it's too fatty, it needs acid. When it's right. too, you know, kind of learning those general components of like, how do you create balance in whether you're making a simple pasta? Like, that's why I love like pasta with all like an olive oil or butter or ghee with lemon zest and some yeah. lemon. Like yeah. the balance of the fat and the acid just plays so well together. But it's such a simple thing, really. Throw some it is. Flakes, salt, olive oil, butter, some lemon zest. Mwah, delish. Right. Well, and, and so I'll comment on a few things. One, salt, fat, acid, heat, the book by Samin Nozra. Is it actually a book? It is a book and I it's a Netflix. That. Yeah, you should have written that. You should have written it, but she got to it. Um, it's a fantastic book and it's super easy to follow because she does these beautiful, she has this friend, her friend did all of these illustrations. So it's very in a, like um, caricature, like the food's very caricature, like, and it's just a beautiful, well laid out. And she's got these beautiful graph, like fold out pages of the profiles of foods wow. and, and in each chapter. Um, <clears throat> so for anyone, by all means, yes, hands down, you need to know those flavor profiles. Uh, and when you said, you know, you cooked something and it was not my, not my best, not my best work. That would have been my Christmas in 2019 when I had my oh, family down after oh, a very really, long time. It yeah, really that was bad. sucks when it's a Christmas meal and it's not Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, I, I knew it was going <laughs> south. I knew it was going to go south when I pulled the Brussels sprouts out of the freezer that I had been saving from the farmer's market. Cause my farmer was like, yeah, of course you can put these in the freezer. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I do it all the time. And I'm like, okay. So I did that. And then I pull them out and I'm like, these suck. This, this is, this no. sucks. There's no way I can make these work. And I have like a ton of them to cook. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be horrendous. It didn't matter how much shit I put on it. No. It was, it was horrible. It was dead. No. I was like, Oh my God, this no. is the you worst. Know, that's unfortunately, those are the times that you, the, the least, I've made some of the best meals for just my husband and myself. Yeah, of course. So like, this is so good. I can't stop eating. This is so amazing. And then you have a holiday or a special dinner, it's somebody's birthday and you're having mm -hmm. them over. And it's like, I'm going to try this new thing. Yeah. <laughs> this looks delicious. And then I'm like, even with a skill set and years of practice, I somehow 
could not salvage something. And it's like the worst feeling when you right. yourself on being a good cook. Right. I know. Like, I was why? Like, why did I have to do it today? Jesus, Lord, why? <laughs> yeah. My sister's like, who's all this food for? I'm like, it's going to be for you. And I am not keeping it in this house. So you're just going to take this all home. Um, okay. So speaking of flavor profiles, spices, I, for me, I, I certainly understand spice as well, but there are, so talk to me first about base, the basic spices that you really use regularly. And then I want to talk about a few spices that I'm still, I don't really still understand how to use them. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty basic unless I'm feeling yeah. like being adventurous. And again, <laughs> I don't work for Trader Joe's, but I'm going to just throw it out there. <laughs> they have these little, every, and they change them all the time. It's so fun. Like they have this you know, uh, everything bagel seasoning. Now everybody carries it, but I think Trader right. Joe's was the first one. And I make ramen for my son and I cover it with this everything bagel, which is like crunchy garlic and black mm -hmm. sesame seeds and white sesame seeds. And um, they, I just bought one, there's like a South African pepper thing. And it's kind of like, they put together all of these yummy flavors together mm -hmm. for you. So you mm -hmm. don't have to experiment. So those are really fun to use for kind of a novice beginner. Yep. Go, go and any grocery store is going to have those things that are already combined, like Indian spices or whatever. They're all kind of put together for you mm -hmm. and, you know, throw them on rice or throw them on chicken. Everything's good on rice and chicken just to kind of experiment with them. Right. But I think the spices, I have three full drawers full of spices. So if my right. friends ever need anything, they know call Heather. She probably has it. Yeah most of them don't get used very often. <laughs> so okay. It's usually the top shelf, top drawer that I use the most. And it's the same things most people use. I think I use fennel a lot, like, cause it's delicious with chicken and an Italian mm -hmm. food. So either ground fennel or fennel seed. And fennel for people. So if you don't understand, have you never used it before? Fennel is, uh, gives it, um, I, it gives it like a layered, a, a licorice, yeah, licorice flavor. So it's right, but don't think panda. like black panda licorice. No, it's no. it's oh. a beautiful, right? I mean, it's just oh. a beautiful, lightweight uh, anise. What anise, yeah. I mean, and it's well, I mean, it's to describe that flavor. It's um, it's layered. It it almost it's weird because when I think about it, it, it feels like it's got this kind of creamy flavor to it, like a very smooth, uh, subtle. But as it builds, yeah. has a really yeah. nice bright flavor, and it's great for your digestion anyway. So right. So I have that in seeds. I have that in powder. I mean, I love a whole fennel bulb that's not spice related, but so I kind of like that flavor. The fresh fennel you're in talking general, about. Like fresh fennel bulb yeah, that you yeah. put in with mussels or in with fish or in a raw salad, just shave it, you know, in a raw salad with arugula, it's delicious. But as far as other spices, it's fennel, all everything, red chili flake, uh, fennel, garlic. Basil. I, for sure, I have all of those. Um, you well, know, let me uh, ask you oregano, all that stuff, but yeah. So let me ask you, do you, you, do you find, I find I, mm, how do I say, it? I use a lot of fresh parsley, fresh cilantro. I have, I love fresh basil. I just never use it fast enough. And then I'm mad at myself. So those are the three and well, and I always have fennel generally when it's in season. Um, do you find yourself using, especially right now, uh, with the farmers market starting up and we have such great local here in Chicagoland. Yeah. Do you find yourself during now spring through fall 
using far more fresh seasoning spices than you do the dry or do you still stick with a lot of your dries because it's easier? I would, I would say I, I use the same fresh, which is probably not the best way to do it, but I just, I use the same fresh things that the ones that you just mentioned all mm -hmm. year round because we yeah. have access to them in the yeah. grocery stores all year round. Right. Um, a tip for storing your basil so it doesn't turn black in your fridge. Oh, please. It, put it in, um, put it in its container, then put it in a brown paper bag because if basil gets too cold, uh -huh. um, it just turns black right away. So oh, um, interesting. Good. You know, so we keeping delicate herbs like that in paper as well will help them from becoming black oh, when the good. sections get too cold. But I use those fresh herbs all year long because all year long you can get basil. Now, yes, in the summer, I use tons more of it. Right. It's cheaper. It's more accessible. I have a little two foot by five foot section in my backyard that I, in the spring, go up to the place on Green Bay Road and buy some mm -hmm. herbs and I just mm -hmm. throw them in and I, I barely pay any attention to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, today I haven't even planted yet, but this morning I noticed my oregano and my thyme came back from last year. So oh, yeah, yeah, I've already perennials. got kind of a bumper crop of those. So that's really nice for, you know, or being able to just walk outside or put them in your kitchen or something like that. And I cook a lot more with fresh things in the summer, more items because it's more accessible and it just sounds better in the summer, you know, like yeah. how about chicken with fresh chopped parsley salad with celery and, you know, whatever. I do definitely cook more with the things that are in season and readily available, but. So talk about, uh, cause these, I love time and I love using time all year long, uh, even though I don't have a lot of time uh, in general, <laughs> just kidding. I've always loved time. Yeah, right, but, I'm <laughs> um, but thyme, oregano and marjoram, mm -hmm. three herbs mm -hmm. that uh, I, I mean, thyme, I know where I use it. I mean, I get it savory and I know where to use it, but even just in general, those three, I think people, I think a lot of people don't understand and rosemary. Let's just throw that one in there because rosemary is right. really strong. Yeah. Where, where, how do you, where do you find them best to be used for? I mean, what, what are their flavor profiles best used for? So I, about with marjoram, I would say the thing I discovered once is if you're a soup, we love soup in our yeah. house. I love yeah. making soup, whether it's a cream soup or a, you know, chunky vegetable soup or mm -hmm. soup with farro or, um, you know, whatever is in it. I love marjoram in most soups, but definitely like in a chicken based soup, like a wild rice and chicken with marjoram in it. I really love that. I think it's super delicious. Um, I like all of those herbs and lots of different things. One thing to think about with oregano, because it is so fresh, oregano is easy to grow for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. and um, easy to find for the most part. But oregano, there's kind of like every, and I don't know if this applies. I'm not a chef. I'm really just a home cook. I work mm -hmm. with my partner chef at the restaurants. Mm -hmm. So he could even delve deeper into that. But if you think about these herbs, it's like most cuisines have kind of a version of that. So like at the, um, you know, in a, when you're doing Mexican cuisine, there's Mexican oregano. Mm. I couldn't tell you how it's exactly different than Italian oregano, but I know that it is mm. because Vince, our chef, is very specific about, you know, ordering Mexican oregano when he's doing something, um, right. you know, if we're doing something of that cuisine or Italian oregano. They do have slightly different profiles, but think about it, you know, don't be intimidated by using it. It's like, well, oregano, that's Italian. 
No, mm-hmm. there's a kind of a version of that that they use in Mexico or Mediterranean cuisine or, you know, so just kind of like thinking about don't put that herb in a, you know, in a category where it's like that only goes with this kind of food. So right. rosemary is super strong. I think, you know, potatoes and chicken, again, it's like chicken needs a lot of help, but mm-hmm. the good thing is it's such a neutral palate that you can do anything with it. And it's mm-hmm. inexpensive. I'm a chicken thigh girl now, and you can mm-hmm. find them everywhere. I hardly ever cook with chicken breasts anymore, unless I'm roasting a whole chicken. I know. I can't stand chicken breasts. I just Ugh. love the thighs. Yeah. I love them. They're just more flavorful. You can almost not overcook them. You know, they cook in such a short time. Like we cook a dish in summer when the peaches yeah. come in. We mm-hmm. just get tons of basil, chop up some uh, peaches, put the chicken thighs in, some onions, put it the uh, put it in the oven for 20 minutes, and it's done. And it's like the best thing in the world. I actually, you just mentioned peaches, and I know it's not quite peach season now, but one of my favorite dishes is peaches and pork with balsamic. yeah, absolutely like a balsamic reduction with a little Dijon, and so good. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay. Well, so that brings me to eating seasonally. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a yeah. very passionate environmentalist and you, your menus at this, at the restaurant reflect that in many yeah. ways also. Um, but so like, right, as we come out of winter, there's not, as we, when you go through winter, you're left, if you're really following it, okay, you're eating apples till you're, you know, dying. Cause they're, <laughs> Yeah, whatever, and dried fruit or whatever, or you're eating your frozen stuff that you've had. So we come into spring, and I like to speak about fruits in general, but all foods like the spring food is very lightweight right now. Lots of greens, arugula, spring onions, mm-hmm. um, the fennels, the spinaches, the lettuces are coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you think about that more as you do you think about that at all? I mean, set the restaurant aside. Do you think about it at all as you go through each season? Do you think about, oh my God, we're moving into tomato season and holy cow, I can't wait to do whatever. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, most of us that like to eat, even if you don't like to cook, look forward to those times of the summer when you know everything's going to be so abundant Mm -hmm. and fresh and awesome tasting. I mean, we are so lucky to live a, in a country, B, in a community where we have access to these kind of foods all year round. Right. I mean, you walk into, you know, Valley or, you know, you can say Whole Foods, but if you go over to Valley, I mean, they have stuff from every country in the world. It's yeah. crazy all year round, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so we really, you know, are, are very privileged to have the, the sources that we do for food, but there is nothing like knowing that you went to the farmer's market or even local, I mean, local whole foods and things, they're more likely to be getting these things locally Yeah, when they're available locally. It's less money. It's, you know, easy. it makes more sense. It just it makes, makes more, more sense. sense. Absolutely. So, um, you know, seeing Michigan blueberries and, uh, you know, herbs and tomatoes from Kinnikinick farms and, you know, those kind of things. It's like, right you know, they always are going to taste fresher and be sweeter and better than anything you're going to get during the winter. There's, so there's nothing like it when you can get those fresh from the farm fruits and vegetables for sure. And they inspire, they, they inspire your meal planning 
for me. You know what I mean? It's like, I walk through the grocery store and go, oh my gosh, look at all those gorgeous blueberries. I'm going to make that arugula and blueberry salad uh, with goat cheese, or, you know, I'm going to make a tart with rhubarb right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, for sure. It's like, what can I make with rhubarb? I have to do it because the season is so, so short. short. Right. <laughs> but I don't think, you know, I think because we, and you bring up two things. One, we, we, you and I live in a very privileged community. Yes. And on a, one, a couple of my other podcasts before this, um, speaking to or trying to help people also understand who may be listening to this, or even those who can help others who are not as privileged to also look at their foods in a seasonal way. We are, we live in such a privileged country where we can fly in anything that we want. Right. Again, for me, being an environmentalist, I really stick to what's in season because that's what I believe. So I don't eat ever. I don't eat kiwi anymore. I stopped right. eating it eons ago. I don't even eat that much avocado. Um, oh, you lost me there. No, I know that. But well, I here's what I say about my avocado. I know. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I say. Here's the caveat. I allow in our house, <clears throat> if we're going to fly something in, if we're going to have something out of the ordinary, let's, can we limit it to one to two items? So the two, one is bananas are given in our house. And then periodically I will bring in avocados, but I don't really bring them in that often. So I'm very, I just try to stick with what I can. So if I, I make exceptions mm -hmm. knowing that, yeah, it's a healthy thing. They're there. I understand it, but can I, it's my personal way of just trying to stick with what we have in, in, in our region. Um, like a friend of our, a, a gentleman I work with, um, I pick up stuff at the farmer's market for them. And, and I said, you know what, they have asparagus there. This has been going on for a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. And he's like, um, yeah, why don't you pick me up some asparagus? That'd be great. I said, okay, great. Uh, a week later, or he, he sends me a text like a few days later after I gave it to him. He's like, Marlo, that asparagus was amazing. He's like, I've never tasted asparagus so fresh. I'm like, well, of course you don't because you're getting it at the market and it's been sitting in a truck for, a, you know, right. it was picked exactly. early. Yeah. It's measly, you know, it's thin right. stalks instead of the thicker ones. And yeah. And even the tomatoes. So it's, it does make a difference. Even those little roadside food stands that you see, yeah. you know, all over the place. Yes. And so I try to, I want people to, to look at food differently instead of going, well, I have everything accessible to me because right. I can. Why don't I? Right. Try to eat in the season. <laughs> well, and because it's for us in the Midwest, right. it's different than what yeah. the East Coast has okay. versus the South. Point. I mean, people should be thinking about that. It's like at the restaurant, we definitely, we drive our menu about those things based out of primarily what's good and in season and supporting our local farmers. Um, you know, and I don't know that a lot of people really think about like, wow, what kind of energy did it take to get this here? What kind of fossil right. fuels were burned? What kind of things, you know? It's not something I can be honest with you that I think about a lot. <laughs> right. um, you know, I try to eat seasonally. I try to eat, you know, what's in season based on kind of the ideas that we've gone over before is like, it's fresher, it's mm -hmm. better, you support your local farmers, that kind of thing. But when it's December and I want um, 
tacos. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and I get it. I fully get it. You know, all I ask is that, you know, I would just want people to be conscientious of it, make a right. step in whatever way you can do what you can, you know, right. exactly. and that's not, we're not uh, speaking totally to that in this session, but um, I want people to think about there's a reason why there's peach season because they're peak because they're like, they're the juice, the sugars content changes. Yes, for um, sure. I mean, anyone knows that who's bought, you know, you buy a peach in January, it's going to taste nothing like the peach that you get in July. Right. So no, why just, why don't you just wait, you know, or freeze some, like freeze a bag. Okay. Our like freezer's that. not very big. Right. So I'm select about what I'm going to freeze and be like, okay, yes. In December, I'd love to taste a peach. Okay, great. Right. I can have some because I froze a little bit or tomatoes or, you know, if you have space to can things, I mean, oh, can. girl, no, you love no, 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 okay, no. I don't can, I don't have any space. My friend, my best friend in Iowa, she's got a house and back, big backyard, and that she lives for canning. And I'm like, right. you can it. And when I see you next, I'll take, I'll buy some from you. But I, well, that kind of also speaks to the idea of like stocking your pantry well. Everybody knows nowadays that frozen items are as good as, if not better than fresh. So, mm -hmm. A bag of peaches that you buy, you know, and throw them in the freezer. Those were picked at peak, you know, yeah, yeah. That are frozen were picked at peak and, and they're all pretty darn delicious. It's not like biting into a fresh peach from the farmer's market, but if you want to make a cobbler or something like that, you know, keeping those frozen items mm -hmm. in your freezer also kind of gives you a little more um, flexibility when things are not in season and knowing that those were picked when they were in season, most likely most things are you know, harvested and then frozen while they're in their peak, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I won't even, and I've spoken about this in other podcasts about how when you're eating with the seasons, not only are the flavors better, but actually the energy of the food uh, yeah. is, and at is at its peak, but yeah. how it actually uh, marries with your body, how your body digests it and takes it in is actually, you're more in line with the cycles of the earth when right. you can eat seasonally better. And even right. as, and, you know, going from summer in this peak into fall, when we start winding down into winter, when you're eating grounding food and heavier foods, because it's so cold out and yeah. we're supposed to be slowing down. And, and then in spring, you come, everything's lightening up. Everything is vibrant and you know, it's fantastic. It's amazing. So yeah. Um, speaking about, okay. Um, do you have favorites? Like, do you have go-to favorites, meals or things that, okay. First tell me what's your favorite meal. Oh my God. That's so much pressure. It really I know. Okay. All right. Just think about, which is why I get creative. It's like, I literally just think about what am I in the mood for today? What sounds yummy to me? What's right? You no, know, I mean I make a delicious meatloaf yeah. that is like mm. a favorite in this house, and I load it up with you know I do like a um, basically like you'd make a bolognese. So I kind of like I throw the carrot, celery, onion in a food processor, mm -hmm. and then I saute it first because my son is very averse to onions. Mm. But if I chop them up really tiny and I saute them first and mm -hmm. then add them to my meatloaf. Um, Take some of the bite out of it. And he doesn't know they're there really, but it adds that yummy complex flavor. So, mm -hmm. you know, there are days where meatloaf sounds awesome with, you know, smashed potatoes with olive oil or, mm -hmm. There are days when I want something like a more, a cuisine that's a little more um, off the beaten path for us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I tend to cook 
Italian food, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. I think like most people, it's, you know, it's, it's easy, it's very forgiving, it's familiar, we usually have all of the things we need to do those things, you know, but definitely there are times where I'm like, you know what sounds yummy, let's make a like a curry or something like right. that. And right. then it's like, it depends a lot on the weather. Sure. Depends on my mood. Um, I would definitely not say that I have a favorite meal. There are days where nothing will do but a, you know, a pasta linguine puttanesca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, forget about it. I'm doing a bowl of pasta because that just sounds so satisfying to me right now. And then there are times where it's like, I just want a nice big salad with some, you know, a, how about a steak off the grill on that? I'm a big protein person, as you can yeah. tell. From yeah. the, you know, the interviewing, um, you know, <laughs> from this entire interview, it's like everything revolves. I kind of tend to choose my protein first. And yeah, I know, of course. You know, I, I know we're supposed to be moving like, oh, eat more veggies. And it's like, I'll keep eating all the veggies, but I'm going to put some protein with it. So, okay. My go-to was, I was going to say my, my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it's got to be on, mm. you know, we get, all of our I get all of our bread from the farmer's market from uh, yeah. a local baker that comes in from Aurora they drive two hours and and I won't eat anybody else's bread because since and I've tried all right. of our local bakers I'm like no and I've been on her bread for quite a few years now and um it is it's uh ancient grain based and it's sourdough based um mm-hmm. most of it's naturally fermented um, right and I just uh and I'll put it on like She'll have uh, a pecan sour cherry bread or even her sourdough breads, or she's got a super high grain one. She's got one that's got fennel seeds and chia seeds and a bunch of others, like what it's, everything's in there. And I just toast it up and put some butter ghee, put my creamy peanut butter on, put some honey from the market on there. I might put a little jam, but I prefer the honey actually. And that can just make me make my world really happy. I mean, meal that for me, that's like a go-to thing. Like if I'm famished, I'm like, just give me peanut butter and jelly. I can eat that or peanut butter and honey and butter. Um, I would say my go-to meal is probably, I'm probably with you on pasta because uh, it is it's a comforting it's food comforting. and you can do anything with yeah it. you can do anything with it's it a blank palette you know you right really like and it. I do love my protein as well yeah. um I find it in a lot of I mean I don't eat really any fish at all um but I do love good steak absolutely um I love burgers I, actually, actually I really love burger good burgers you guys have a really I mean, good burger for but, sure there are days where it's just like how about cheeseburgers tonight? Mac and cheese, I think. If I had to really go for it, mac and cheese, I think, is my go-to meal. I think, yeah. I mean, it's like I you mac just and cheese. know like what your comfort food is based on kind of your mood of the day and that kind of thing. Like I could probably list 10 things that if you, I couldn't do a desert island food. Like I couldn't pick just No, one. I can do a desert island product if I only have to bring one product with me that it's I have to bread. use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess. Is it bread? No, it's not. It's peanut. It would be peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter. Because it's a protein and it's creamy. And I'm sure there's going to be coconuts on, on that island. So I can put you know, some. You don't, you don't get to decide the other things that are growing on the island when you choose your island food. Well, I do. It's my game. I'm sure there'll be coffee beans so I can That's make right. coffee. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the biggest topic, which really, you know, 
I could have started it off this whole conversation, but it has to be dessert because there's no food without dessert. And I'm sorry, because I would eat dessert first in every meal. I'd eat dessert all day long. I know that about you. <laughs> I love dessert. I've noticed this about you. Yes. Yeah, so um, so when I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to upset you terribly right now. I know you don't eat dessert. Not I don't eat it. I you don't, don't like it. it. I like it. Well, I don't crave it. I don't think about it all day long. I don't need dessert. If we're out to a restaurant, we and we have had a meal. Uh, I I don't need it. It has to be the right dessert for me to go. "Mm." Marty always orders dessert. Oh no, I don't always order dessert. If we're at a restaurant, he wants to order dessert. Now we don't go out that often, right? Like post COVID, right, right, right. You know, whatever during COVID, but um, you know, he wants a dessert. I'm like fine without a dessert. And I'm, I agree with you on that. I don't need it. It has to be oh. really worth my, it's got to meet a number of expectations on my palate and right. very few things do. Yeah. The only thing that really does it well, there's two things, good cobblers, like really good co- fruit cobblers will meet my palate. And I and can you eat make those. a delicious one. I've had it. Yeah. Well, I can, yes, I have actually. Thank you. And I can eat those at any time, but I don't, that requires a little more work than, I mean, not that much, but fruit has to be fresh. So that's a big deal. What's your other criteria? The bigger one, the one that really takes priority is a brownie. It has to be super dense, dark, moist, preferably spicy Mm. and with a little bit of salt, but it has to be all of that, not just, and I don't want it I don't want it so thick like fudge. I don't want it cakey. I wanted a nice dense texture in between that has a good spice. Pie. I I like pie. Um, I like pie. I'm a pie gal. I guess if I had to say I wanted a dessert, I would like pie. I'm never going to turn it down. Let me tell you that. if you said, Marlo, I have some pie, come pick it up. I'd be like, sure, no problem. I'll come by and get it. Pecan pie with chocolate drizzle. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. But, and I like um, chess pies. I really like chess pies a lot. I like that dense custard. That's good. That's, that's really yummy. I like a coconut cream. No, no see, I'd like dessert. It's not like I can't say, oh, yeah. wow, that's super delicious. I never make dessert. I'm a horrible baker. Right. Horrible. But see, and I could get by with... <laughs> Like I buy a pint of ice cream or gelato. It takes me four months to get through it because I don't need it. I don't need dessert. Like in my, my whole being doesn't need it. And I don't think of it that way. For me, it is a, it's a luxury that fills if I'm like, yeah, you know, I just want a little bite of sweet. So I'll just take two bites of ice cream and then put it away. So yes, I have a ton of willpower there, but it's not, it's, it's gotten way beyond that. Cause it's like, I don't need it. It's not a craving for me, but it is part of my life. And make time and space for and enjoy it. Right. But, you know, like I love peanut butter cuffs, good dark chocolate peanut butter cuffs. Mm-hmm. Trader Joe's. Right. They're great. Yeah. There's a few brands They'll out there. They'll be sending me a check later after this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right. I'll tag them. Right. I'll tag them in the, in the post at Trader Joe's. Here's your new spokesperson. I'm like a stalker. I'm a Trader Joe's stalker. <laughs> <laughs> see and i have a problem with the walking in the grocery stores because i can't ever find anything i'm a very things have to be organized and if in a real you know 
I need to see clearly that there's organization on each aisle, like how this is thoughtfully laid out. And I can't find that when I walk in there. I've tried so many times and I'm like, I just give up. So I know I people love it for you. I can draw every aisle. I know you can. There's a lot of people product, who can't. I just, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Virgo. I'm a little fastidious about detail. So that's why it's gotten to be a little difficult to be in there. Um, okay. So if people were going to, uh, cause we're coming to our close for this. Um, one of the things I always think about whenever we've had people over or when, even when we go out to dinner with people and sometimes they'll just order the same things or they make the same things they get in these ruts and I'm like, and then they, look at me either something that we've made for dinner or whatever oh my god this is how did you make it I'm like I don't know I just made it up out of my head yeah or I did follow sort of a recipe and I've modified it um I always feel like I want to say to these people if you keep eating the same if you keep approaching your food in the same way and expecting different results that's not going to help you you're not going to get anything new right so I always say just you know and I have I don't have nearly probably as many cookbooks as you do. I have a decent amount um, and half of them I haven't even picked open to look at. I looked at them at first and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to cook that and that and that. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. Right. But I have a few that are very simplistic ones that are uh, like one of my favorite cookbooks is by a, a chef named Donna Hay or an author named Donna Hay. And I think she's out of Australia, if I remember correctly. And when I first bought her, one of her first cookbooks, it's called Off the Shelf. And it literally was exactly what you've said through this whole conversation is literally pulling things in your pantry, super short recipes that are not, not joking. They're like two and a half inches, some fine print, big, that's it. You know, right. takes up half right. a piece of paper. Right. And they're super easy and they're really yummy. Um, and then she did a cookbook, uh, good food fast so if you had 10 minutes here's what you could cook go buy a roasted chicken like a rotisserie chicken and do abc and then if you have 20 minutes you have 30 minutes so um do you have suggestions like what do you tell these people who are uh, you know i know you said it earlier i can't cook whatever but do you are you a believer in cookbooks simple things that people can get started with I mean, I, to be honest with you, I have a lot of beautiful cookbooks. People buy them for me. My husband bought them for me. I bought them in, you know, days gone by. One of my favorite cookbooks that I literally is tattered, pages falling out, food all over every page is the Silver Palette cookbook. Mm. I just, I, it's so old school, but you can mm-hmm. say old school or you can say classic. You can look at it however you want. These are kind of successful, classic recipes that have been made slightly different by lots of people for many years. Um, But I always turn to it for like my chili. I turn to it for easy dessert. If I have to make a dessert, I don't like to make dessert. But if I have to, I turn to it for that. Um, There's a chicken marbella in there with olives and orange and tomato that I Mm. love. I just, I always love it. And I've had it for God, I would say probably 15 years or so. And so that's one of the cookbooks I really, I do go back to, but I would say now with the internet, my advice would be less invest in cookbooks unless you just like the beauty of them. You know, I bought the Nom Nom Paleo cookbook. It's gorgeous. It's hardcover. Mm. It's really about paleo eating, which is, you know, vegetable protein, Mm -hmm. and healthy fats, Um, really well-written, cute pictures of her kids, pictures of the food. Nice. Love it. I like having it. I loan it out a lot. Do I turn to a lot? I really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I look online. I Mm -hmm. mean, to me, it's, you have an 
endless resources mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for recipes. And what I love about online is you're not investing in ingredients, not knowing how it's going to turn out. I love being able to read what people say about it. Mm. Wow, this was super salty, or I made this, but I added, I doubled the potatoes because the sauce is so good. You're going to want potatoes. And, you know, I, I like seeing like this recipe has been successful for people. So there are times where I don't know what I want to make, but I know that I have a bag of potatoes and a bag of arugula and I have some lemons and I have some chicken in the freezer. Mm -hmm. So I can type those words in my browser just those words, yeah, chicken, that's true. Lemon, potatoes, spinach, recipe, right. 10 yeah, different yeah. recipes. And I can see how many stars they got and who who's made it before. And, and then I look at the different recipes and as they build confidence, you can say like, well, I don't have that ingredient. What can I sub? Go mm -hmm. to the internet. What mm. can I substitute for marjoram? Yeah, Look. that makes sense. That makes sense. You're right. I just really, I really... I use the internet as my tool for looking up recipes when I need inspiration. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, I order the magazines because they're fun to browse through, Bon Appetit, Food and yeah. Wine, that kind of stuff. They can inspire you. You don't have to make something exactly like that. You can use that and then go to the internet and find something right. that you have or you can afford or you can, you know, it's like, well, I'm not buying uh, Kobe beef, but let's see, what could I do instead, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, if, if you have dined, you know, my favorite thing to do after working all week is wake up on a Saturday morning, make my pot of coffee and turn on the Food Network. Mm. And that always inspires what I'm going to make for dinner, either that night or the next night. And I just kind of watch The Kitchen or Pioneer Woman or Girl Meets Farm or, you know, and I think I look at the food and I get inspired by that. And it's like, yep, I'm going to try and make that. That's yeah. cool. That, so that makes a lot of sense. That's... I do that a lot more than turning to cracking open my cookbooks. While I have um, Alice Waters cookbooks, hers are really awesome if you want to talk about cooking seasonally and all that. And they're beautiful and they're beautifully mm -hmm. written. They can be a little fussy, but like mm -hmm. my favorite risotto of all times is Alice Waters citrus risotto, mm -hmm. where you like make segments of oranges and grapefruits and lemons and you, mm. you, you fold those in at the end with the Parmesan cheese and wow. in the summer. It's so delicious. But again, you can find most of these things online now. So yeah, that's true. Dive in, dive in and, and experiment and give it a try and make substitutions and nobody's going to die here. We're not brain surgeons. So exactly. And if it doesn't work, don't just throw it out, eat it and right. find something to mix it in with the next day to make it better. And then so just try again, make it a taco. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just make it a taco. Make it a frittata. Turn it in. Put some yeah. eggs in it. You'll be fine. Oh, done. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you for being a part of this. I'm Thanks very grateful. No, oh, I love it. Now I'm starving, so I can't decide if I'm going to go eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or ice cream or all of the things you mentioned made me hungry. I need a cobbler. Peanut butter and jelly. I mean, again, I, I, I have strayed more away from the jelly. I do more of the jam from the, honey. I mean, the honey from the yeah. farmer's market with it. And I make it toasted yeah. and it's all about the bread. I'll take two. I'll give you my address. You can drop it off. I'm <laughs> Okay. I'll do that. I've got some pecan, sour cherry yeah. um, bread in the fridge. I'll make it two and drop them off. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you, everyone. We look forward to having you back at the next Conversations with Friends. Thank you. Bye.